Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. I was talking to uh, Tim Foldy earlier up here on stage. He's the guy tickling the ivories. He does a fantastic job, by the way, Tim. Thank you. Um, and as I walked in this morning, he said, you all right, buddy? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you look a, you're looking a little bit stressed. And I'd, at first, I didn't know how to take that, because if you look stressed, that means like, bro, you look you know, jankety. Something's going on. So I'm like, well, my wife picked out this shirt, and I'm wearing my Sunday skinny jeans, so I'm not sure what's wrong. But um, it probably has something to do with my life in the past couple, like, what, month now or five weeks? Ever since the hurricane, my life has just been like, if there's something that could hit you, I'm getting hit by it. Like, hurricane came, and so we were, you know, going crazy trying to prepare and get things happening. Thank God that it didn't show up or anything, so that's great. But in the meantime, my septic tank failed, and so we literally find this out one time when, you know, the shower starts going the opposite way and it's not shower water. And so it's really freaky. You know, that's some, you can make a lot of funny jokes with that right there, but it was a pretty bad time in our lives. And so luckily enough, we uh, are, unfortunately we had to move. We moved three times in the past five weeks, four times, Erica corrects me, four times in the past five weeks. And um, man, life has been nutty. All along the way, Olivia is back in is in school now. Um, the kids, I don't know if you, if for you guys that don't have small kids, like if you take your kids out of their home, like they they become nuts. Like they are they are definitely just crazy. And so, uh, our life has just been a tornado of zero rest in the past the past five weeks. Um, but on Friday. Uh, the septic tank people showed up and pulled out our old septic tank, put a new septic tank in, and yesterday we were officially able to move back into our home, and I think Erica about cried. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Erica cried, and it was a, uh, man, it's, it feels really good to sleep in your own bed. How many of you guys just hate, you hate, like, traveling because you got to sleep in someone else's bed, and it's just uncomfortable, and you're, cu- you're like, want to cuss all night long because you can't fall asleep? We'll pray for you, but that's been me. But in the midst of this, one of the things that uh, I started to get the job to do, Erica would ask me uh, every so often and say, hey, can you take Olivia uh, to school today? And I've got a, a five-year-old. She's a, and a, kinder, she's a kindergartner, um, and she loves being at school but hates going to school, which is very odd. And so I would wake up and have to drive her like 30 minutes to where her school is. We'd get in the truck, and we'd go, and I'm, you know, I'm talking to her, and she's excited about it. Everything, everything is good. But then when we get there, something switches. When we get out of the truck, we you know, pull into the fast lane or whatever, and we just get out for a couple seconds, and all I got to do is walk her up to a door, and she's supposed to go through the door into her classroom. We get all the way to the door, and she just will not go in, like refuses. I'm like, no, no, I'm like pushing her. She's like, daddy, daddy. I'm like, what is wrong? She's like, I'm afraid. I'm like, you've been at school for five weeks now. You know all these people. You're saying hi to Like, how are you afraid? I don't want to go in. Baby, you got to go in. So she said, I'm not going in. She just stopped. 
And so I had to get back in, get her back in the truck, put her in the car seat, park the truck down in the parking lot, had to walk over into the, the school office and get a name tag on, and security is so tight, which is good. But, I mean, it's like a 20-minute ordeal, get a note from the thing saying she's late. I'm like, she's late. You can tell because she's walking in late. <laughs> we get all this and come to find out her classroom is literally just on the other side of the door. And so after this 25-minute ordeal, I walk in, we go through the door, and it's like two steps to where she has to go. And I about lost it, because it was serious. But it reminded me of, like, sometimes that's, that's kind of how we live life, right? Like, God's, God's taking care of us. He's, he's working things out, and all along the way, we're excited, you know, when we know he's in the car with us or when he's taking care of us. But then, like, the moment, like, it goes to, like, okay, I need you to go and just take this next step on your own, like, we can kind of freak out a little bit, right? We can, uh, what? You know, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to do this. There's, there's the fear of, anybody here have the fear of the unknown? Isn't there something like, I saw, what's FOMO? No, that's a, fear of missing out. That's different. I don't know what this would be, but fear of the unknown. Don't want to go in. Don't want to take the next step. But I think specifically when it comes to us as followers of Christ, when it comes to, if we're supposed to do what Jesus has called us to do, one of the things that he has called us to do is go, is to take the next step, is to, 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 to have faith in him, to have faith that, that what's coming next as we continue to pursue him and choose him in the situations, he's going to work it all for good. But not only that, as followers of Christ, he's also kind of given us a mission, if you will, to be a part of what this is, the church, not just Coastline Church, but the church, and going out and introducing other people to him. So not only has he called us to to have faith and to follow him, he's also called us to be a part of the mission and to go out. And he's done this in a a couple different ways. We read about it in a couple different places in, in the Bible. The first one is the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15 and 16. It says this. It says, and then he told them, what is it? Go. You guys are a little bit quiet. Hold on, so let's try it again. Here we go. And then he told them, go into all the world. Preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Matthew 28 says it just a little bit differently in, in verse 18 to 20. It says that Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, that was way better that time. You guys are great. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. And this is the part that I think is incredibly important. Be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This, this is extra. This is, I'm just I'm thinking about Olivia and her fear of going unless her daddy is with her. See, as soon as, soon as, the, as, soon as, your, as, soon as your daddy's with you, it's, it's a completely different story. It's like, I can, do, I can do whatever. Here Jesus is saying, he's like, when it comes time for you to take your faith step, when it comes time for you to be a part of this mission, go and know that I'm with you always. Jesus said this, the one that beat death and the grave. Go. 
I can't help but think when he uh, is saying this, this is at the end of kind of his time here on this earth. He's about ready to ascend to heaven. And so he's spending time with his disciples. And he's telling them, I want you to go. I can't help but think from the perspective of, of Peter for just a little bit. Because for Peter, this, this wasn't just the last words that Jesus would speak to him. This was also the first words of how he met him, right? Because if you remember, Peter was one of the very first disciples, and it says that Jesus came along and saw him. He was fishing uh, with his brother, and they, he said, hey, let's get into your boat, and let's go out just a little bit. Let's, let's, let's move out just a little bit. So this is the last words that Jesus says to Peter, but this is also the first words. And I can't help but think that as he was saying it, Peter in his mind flashed back to the very beginning of their cleaning his nets. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 7, it says this. It says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed into him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Now, the reason why they're washing the nets is because they had been out all night long fishing. And in those days, you don't go out first thing in the morning and you go fish. The best time to fish was at night. And so they were literally getting off of work. They'd finished fishing and come to find out they didn't really do that great anyways. Continuing on, it says, Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, who was later to be called Peter, to push it out into the water. He said, let's go out. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. Now when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out. Good, good job, good job. You win the prize. I'll give you a free donut in the back afterwards if there's any left. I'm sorry. Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say go, I'll let the nets down again and go. Now, here's, let me stop real quick. I, I enjoy fishing. I'm not a really good fisherman, okay? I'm, I'll catch fish. Some, like it's, a, it's 50-50 chance. You go fishing with me, you might catch a fish. You might just have a good time hanging out with a guy in a boat. You know, that, that's, that's fun too. But the thing that every fisherman hates to do is at the end of the fishing trip, you got to clean the boat, right? You got to bust out the wash. You got to bust out the hose. You got to bust out the bucket. You got to clean everything. You hope that you caught more than one fish because if you got to clean one fish after it's all said and done, that's a bummer too. It is just a pain in the butt. But you got to do it if you want all those things to last. And so here Peter is. He's cleaning his boat. He's cleaning his nets. He says, We fished all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let, I'll let the nets down again. Now, this is the part that's cool. They had been fishing all night. They hadn't caught a thing. But right before this, we hear that, that Jesus is in front of thousands of people preaching. Here's Peter. At some point, he's got to be thinking, hey, man, this is some good, like, uh, marketing, right? These guys are going to, I'm a fisherman. Like, they're going to know me as a fisherman. Jesus, here's thousands of people. And then Jesus says, hey, let's go and do some fishing. And at some point, I, I've got to be thinking, Peter's like, okay, one, it's, it's kind of a pain to go fishing right now because I'm going to have to clean all this stuff up again, and I just got it clean. That's going to be a pain. Um, I'm not going to catch anything because you don't even fish in the middle of the day. You fish at night, and we tried to catch fish all last night, and if, if there were fish, we would have caught them then, but we didn't. And so you're going to put in a whole lot of, you're going to make me put in a whole lot of work. 
I'm probably going to look dumb in front of a, a bunch of people. But he says, but if that's what you want me to do, I'm going to do it. He says, at this time, their nets are, he said, I'll let down the nets again. And I said, at this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout from, for help brought their partners in with the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. I've never been on a boat that's filled with fish almost about ready to sink. I'd be down for that. <laughs> I'm ready. But I got to be thinking. This is a time in Peter's life in which his life is completely changed forever. Because I guarantee that had never happened before. He had never fished all night long, not caught a dang thing, and then the next day, in the middle of the day, put his nets down and almost capsized his boat and his buddy's boat. Had never happened. But that miracle happened because he chose to go and do what God had called him to do. Jesus came and says, let's go fishing. Let's go put our nets down, and let's see what's, hap- what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now, if you, if you don't get anything out of this sermon, get this. I believe very much that the Holy Spirit gave me this, this sentence. If you want to write it down, you can. For you, for today. I think it was also while I was taking Olivia to school, so that's, a really, that's another time. Faith will get you farther than wisdom will. I'm going to tell you right now that faith will get you farther in life than wisdom will. When Eric and I went to Plant Coastline Church, man, we had a plan. We had a business plan. We said this is, this is what the schedule is going to be. This is what we're going to do over the course of the next 12 months. We had a plan. We had, we had, we had done church before, and we said we know this is, this is the way to do it. And none of it worked out that way. Not one thing. But every time that we took a step of faith, Jesus showed up in a huge way. Every time we took a step of faith, Jesus showed up in a huge way. I can tell you story after story after story of people in our church, part of our church family, that have chosen faith and went farther than what their wisdom told them they would. Faith will get you farther than wisdom will. One person comes to mind specifically, uh, his name's Eric Lancaster. Eric's been a great friend to me for a number of years. Um, but his story has strengthened my faith by watching him continue to choose and go and do what God has called him to do. God's given him opportunity uh, 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 over opportunity to step out in faith, and every time he has, He's worked it out. TJ and I got a, the opportunity to spend some time with him this past week, and uh, um, Cynthia was telling me, she said, man, you know, Eric hasn't done this to me once. He's done it to me twice. Came to me and said, hey, I want to quit my job that is paying perfectly well and just work for free and do what God's telling me to do. And, uh, man, both times he's done that, it's worked out in a huge way. I had no idea that uh, when I would first meet Eric, uh, that uh, he was on the road to doing this. He came to me um, and said, hey, uh, I just quit my job. I'm supposed to do ministry. I'm like, where are you going to go? And he said, I don't know. God just told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. And when I was meeting with him, he had no idea that Erica and I had already written out a plan to launch Coastline Church. And so he came on and told me, he said, man, 
I told him, I said, dude, I, got, I can't even pay you. I don't, I don't have anything. I don't know if I'm going to pay myself. He said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what God told me to do. He's chosen God and took steps and went multiple times. And today, he runs a food pantry that is able to provide over 2,000 meals a month to people that are in need that wouldn't be able to buy food. That's a huge deal. As I was looking at the video and whatever, I'm like, man, there's not really, there's not a whole lot of cans on those shelves. But when you provide 2,000 meals for people in need, that food's going to get out quick. And so I'm so thankful for all that they've done and them continuing to choose to go and have faith and take steps of faith. But I want to challenge you to do the same thing. Because as much as they would say, hey, our lives are better now than they were when we were working corporate jobs, as much as they say, hey, we're happier and we love the family that we could do life with and we could, they could tell story after story after story how they've been able to share the love of Jesus with people that have come through their doors, they would tell you, you should do the same thing. Because if you'll do it, not only were your life changed for better, not only did Peter's life change for better, our community's life will change. If you'll choose to go, to put it into action. For some of you that today, that's a, that's a step of faith in something. I don't know what it is, but I pray that the Holy Spirit would put it on your heart. Maybe it's a step away from something. Maybe you're supposed to step out of a relationship or step away from, from a job. Or maybe you're supposed to step into something and, 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 and start a circle group or be a part of a circle group. Maybe it's supposed to, supposed to be something with your family together. You're supposed to start something. Whatever it is, I want to challenge you to go and do it. Put your faith into action. For many of us, we've been called with a mission that we're supposed to help spread the name of Jesus. Do you know how you do that? Not by standing on a street corner with a sign. I'm going to tell you right now, do not be one of those idiots. I believe it happens with the way that we treat one another and treat the people around us. I believe that it happens the way that Eric and Cynthia are loving on their community. I know that because in the book of John, chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, says this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. This is Jesus speaking. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You don't have to stand on a, on a corner with a sign. All you got to do is love the people around you. For some of us, we're scared to try to talk to people about our, our, uh, our faith, talk to, us, talk to other people about Jesus. We think, you know, the, the, the world today says, man, that's something private. That's like politics. Well, that's how politics were years ago, right? I saw you roll in with your Volvo and your, you know, Feel the Burn 2016 sticker, right? We put that stuff right on the front of, no offense if by any ways you supported Bernie Sanders. That's not what I was trying to say, but, but we'll put that up forward. But when it comes to our faith, when it comes to telling someone else about Jesus, we kind of shut down. I want to tell you, that doesn't have to be the case. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have it all together. Your life doesn't have to be perfect for you to tell stories about what Jesus has done in your life. Peter found himself years later after Jesus went to heaven in front of thousands of people preaching when just a few later, years earlier he had denied Jesus in front of those people. It doesn't have to be that way. There's two things I want to challenge you to do when it comes to sharing your faith this week. And I hope, I pray, I know that you'll get an opportunity to do this. Okay? The two things both start with an I. Invest and invite. 
Look at your neighbor and say, invest in an invite. Invest might not have anything to do with finances. It might have everything to do with you investing into someone's life, you loving on the people around you. You know, I'm going to tell you how it's, it's a lot easier to get someone to church and bring them to church with a pan of brownies than it is telling them what they're doing wrong. Because that's not what church should be about anyways. Share some love with some people around you. Personally invite them. Say, hey, why don't you, you, wanna, uh, why don't you come to my church? You can sit next to me this week. Don't do the thing. Hey, you should go to my church. I won't see you at all, but I mean, you should go. We're called with a mission. I don't want to challenge you to take the next step and to go. So for wherever you are at today, I hope that just like Olivia, trying to walk through that door, my prayer is that you know if you want him to be and if you allow him to be, Jesus wants to be right there with you and wants to help you take your next step. He wants to help you go and live out the mission. Go, take that step, make that decision that you've been worried about. If you allow him, he'll do it. I'll tell you, if you take that step, your life will never be the same again. Your life will be completely better. I'm telling you it from my own experience. I'm telling you from as, we, as I read throughout the Bible and as I study people that have taken their faith step and said, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. Their lives have been way better than what they were before. If Peter hadn't chosen to go and to put his nets out, Man, nobody would be named Peter these days. We wouldn't have been talking about him at all. It all happened because of just one step, one action, and saying, I'm going to go. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, two things I want to ask you. One, if you're here today and you'd say, man, I'm going through something. I need Jesus' help to take my next step. If you say, Jesus, I need you to step in and help me to go through what I'm going through. If that's you and you want to invite Jesus to be a part of what you're going through, I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I'm not going to ask you to go to the back. I'm not even going to ask you to talk to someone to your left or your right. This is between you and God. If you'd say, Jesus, I need your help to get through what I'm getting through, I just want you to put a hand up and put it right back down. And that's you're saying, Jesus, you know what it is. You know what I'm struggling with. Have your way. Help me get through it. I invite you to be a part of this. Next thing is this, if you're here today and you are a follower of Christ, I pray that the Holy Spirit right now would put someone in your mind that you are supposed to share the love of Jesus with. It doesn't have to be weird. It can be with brownies. It can be helping with something. It can be something as easy as saying, hey, why don't you come with me to church? If today you'd commit to this week or next week or in the, the next coming weeks to invite that person to share the love of Christ with them, to show them love the way that, that Christians should. If you accept that mission, that call, I want you to put a hand up and put it right back down. You're saying, Jesus, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to go into all the world. Jesus, you've seen all the hands that have raised up all over this place, some that are inviting you into their lives and to help them deal with the situations they're going through. I pray that as you show up, as they see you show up, God, that their faith would continually be strengthened as they choose to follow you. And for those of us that raise their hands, saying we're going to continue to share the love of Christ with those around us, I pray you give us courage this week. I pray you give us the right words to say. I pray you give us comfort. And ultimately, Lord, I pray that people would find you. 
And that as they find you, their lives will be made better. They wouldn't leave the same. Thank you so much for all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.